You know, I went outside this morning early, and I just felt the Lord's Spirit come over me, and I just put my hands up. Anybody go outside this morning and how calm it was and how beautiful it was? I just put my arms up, and I said, this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will rejoice in every day and be glad in it. And then I started thinking, rejoice in the Lord always. Stand to your feet today. Stand to your feet today. Rejoice in the Lord always. Paul said this when he was writing it from a prison. He was in prison. And he said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, everybody say, rejoice. Amen. And again, I say, rejoice. And then it says, let your moderation be known unto all men. In other words, let your actions, pull the mic down a little bit, please, guys. Let your actions, let the way you walk, let the way you live, let the way you carry out your day, let it be a testimony to everybody that's watching. How many know they're watching you? How many know they're watching you? Let your moderation, let how you walk, how you believe, how you react, what you do. It said, let your moderation be known unto everybody. Somebody say that the Lord is at hand. Say the Lord is at hand. Amen. Now I want you to reach one hand up high in the sky. One hand. Everybody say, the Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. We can rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. Why? Because the Lord is at hand. Come on. Because the Lord is at hand. Now I want you to remember this. The way they teach this in the Bible, the reason I had you lift your hand, when it says the Lord is at hand, that means that the Lord is never any further out than you can reach. He's inside of that. Somebody say the Lord's with me. The Lord's with me. So remember that. You can be seated today. We're continuing the sermon series about understanding grace. And last week we talked about the righteousness of grace. Today we're going to talk about the immobility of God's grace. And what that means, it's, it's, it's in, immobility means that it's unchangeable and that it's unchangeableness of God's grace. So in other words, he doesn't change. If you have in your Bibles, look at Hebrews chapter 6 verse 13. The Bible says, for example, there was God's promise to Abraham. I want you to think about that. God's promise, not only to Abraham, but think about God's promises to you. There was God's promise to Abraham. Since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name saying this. God made a promise and he took an oath. He said, I will certainly bless you. I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited patiently. I want you to see that if it's on the screen. Abraham waited patiently. How many know that sometimes when you have a promise from God, how many know that there's an enduring time at times? Sometimes it looks like God's not moving and we have to wait patiently. But how many know that he's going to do what he said he would do? Anybody out there say amen. He, he had to wait patiently, patiently that he would receive what God promised. Now, when people take an oath, they call on someone greater than themselves to hold them to it. And without any question that that oath is binding, God also bound himself with an oath. So that, so that those who receive the promise, we can be perfectly sure that he's not going to change his mind. Look at verse 18. So God has given both his promise, God has given both his promise 
And he's given his oath. That by these two things, these two things are unchangeable. And also because it's impossible for God to lie. So God gave his promise and he gave his oath so that we can be perfect and sure that he's not going to change his mind. That these two unchangeable things, therefore all of us that have fled to him for refuge. How many have run to the Lord with your life? Those who have fled to him for refuge, um, we can have great confidence as we hold the hope that lies in us or before us. This hope is strong and trustworthy. And look at this. It's an anchor for our souls. It's an anchor. So God made a promise to Abraham. He was the father of blessing. He said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to make your name great. And another spot even said, I'm going to give you all the gates of the city. So God's promises can bring hope to us and consolation in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of uncertainty in the economy, in a relational conflict, in a financial or a health crisis. Even this morning, Carmen and I were praying with somebody that's, that's, that's right at that place. They need a miracle for, for God. How, we need to continue to play, pray for Rick. Pray, pray for Rick. But, but he's in that place. But it doesn't matter what the bad news the doctor says. It doesn't matter how we feel about how the election went. It doesn't matter how we feel about our health is or a crisis in, that we're in. The Bible says that God will bless me. Come on. God will bless me. God will multiply you. That means you're going to grow. That means you're not just going to settle for less and just kind of hang in there you're not only going to go through your crisis you're going to go through your crisis better on the other side of things <coughs> I believe that so so God has given both the promise and his oath we need to understand that when people in, enter a covenant what they do is they swear by someone greater than themselves so they can end dispute if they're going to do it or not you guys know when you go into court or something, they say, put your hand on the Bible, raise your right hand. Do you swear to tell the whole truth? Nothing but the truth, so help you God. Where you put your hand in your Bible, I swear to tell the whole truth. Nothing but the truth, so help me God. What they're doing is that person's taking an oath and they're saying, not only am what I'm saying, I, I promise it's the truth, but I swear by it. I swear by it. And when there's an, a promise and an oath, it ends dispute. And God said, man, I'm giving you a promise. See, I don't know if, if, if everybody in here, you know that God will bless you and you know that God will, will multiply you. We know that God is love. But do you believe that he's going to bless you? Do you believe that your marriage is going through? Do you believe that your, your financial situation is going through? Do you believe that we're going through this pandemic greater on the other side than we were going in on this side? So God gives it, I'll bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply you no matter what situation you're in. And I, I not only give you that promise, I swear to it. I swear I'm going to do it. So God's, God made this agreement with, with, with Abraham. And I want to ask you today, would it be okay if God made that agreement with us? He said, hey, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to multiply. How many would say that'd be all right if God made that promise to me? And you can take that with all God's promises in his word. 1 Corinthians 1.21 says, says that all of God's promises 
are yes and amen. Amen? So, so that was the first immutable fact is that God can't lie. He made a promise to us. Then he said, I swear to it that I'm going to do it. I'm really going to do this. So we have great consolation today. And it says that that's an anchor to our soul. That means that when the storms are hitting us, I believe there's a lot of people in a storm today. I, I feel it in the spirit. I feel like a lot of people are heavy today. I feel like a lot of people are in a storm today. I feel like people watching online, you've had a tough week. You you guys, just hearing about all the bad news all the time, it it starts to work on you after months and months and months of that. But we rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That we lift our hand up and we say, God's never further away than my hand. He is with me. And God gave me many promises I can stand on. And he not only promised he'd bless me and he'd multiply me and he'd make things work out. He swore by it. And God can't lie. I'll tell you what. Let's give that. We should give the Lord a hand clapping for that. So I want to talk about immutable. Immutable or unchangeable things of God. I want to talk about the immutable facts of grace. First thing, the the first immutable fact of grace is Jesus is my high priest forever. Jesus is my high priest forever. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11 and 12, it says that every priest, this is talking about in the Old Testament, every priest ministers, every priest stands. I want everybody to say stands. In the Old Testament tabernacle, there were no seats. There were no seats. The priests were up and they were moving and they were standing and they were ministering daily. Daily is another key word. Daily. Every day they were ministering daily and offering repeatedly sacrifices because people would come in and say, man, I need a sin sacrifice. I need a, I need a, a guilt sacrifice. I need all these different sacrifices. And, and it was never ending. It was over and over. And then not only that's the way they had to get forgiveness in the Old Testament, not only were they doing it all the time and you could never stop, it was repeated, repeated, repeated. Not only that, it could never take away sin. It could never take away sin. It could just cover over it. But this man, Jesus, after he offered one sacrifice, are y'all with me today? After he offered one sacrifice for sins, he forever sat down at the right hand of God. So an unchangeable, immutable truth about God is he is our high priest forever. He doesn't offer his body over and over and over. He doesn't keep dying over and over. His body was perfect. It was accepted. The righteous requirements of God were taken care of. The anger and the wrath of God towards my sin was taken care of once and for all. And Jesus isn't up walking around still doing stuff. The Bible says he's at the right hand of the Father ever making intercession for us. The work is done. One priest, one sacrifice. He did it all. So Jesus, our high priest, a high priest is somebody that represents you. It's somebody that goes in and offers sacrifice for our, the sins of the people, but it's somebody that represents them to God. Jesus is your representative in heaven towards God. And that's a good hands to be in. But he's a, he's a high priest that understands everything about you. And you know what? We just came through the, the politicalness and the, and the Senate races and the presidential races and all that. And you hear all these guys trying to identify with their people. 
They're out there and saying, they'll put on farmer clothes on. They'll go out to a farm and they'll say, you know what? My brother's son's brother's cousin's second, third wife was a farmer. And therefore, I understand you farmers today. I understand exactly what you're going through because all this, they, they don't know anything about farming. They, they, they don't even wear those clothes. They do it because they want to try to identify, manipulate the crowd. Or they'll go into a factory and they'll say, oh, this is my hometown and this is my factory and, and my brother's sister's third cousin stepkid worked at a factory. Therefore, I understand what you're going through today. They don't understand squat what you're going through. They don't understand anything. But our high priest it says it was necessary for Jesus to be made in every respect like us. Like us. His brothers and sisters. Every morning when I say shalom, Father, I hear Father saying, good morning, son. And then I say shalom, Jesus. I hear Jesus say back to me, good morning, brother. And when I say shalom, Holy Spirit, I hear the Holy Spirit say back to me, good morning, friend. Because Jesus is our brother. Jesus talked to us like brothers and sisters. He was made in every respect like us. So that he could be a merciful. Have you ever feel like you don't have any mercy given to yourself? Or you're not giving yourself any mercy? And you think God's hand over you with a, a ball bat wanting to beat you in the head? Because Jesus went through everything you do. He's merciful. And he's faithful. He's a faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that will take away the sins of the people. The Bible says since he himself has gone through the same sufferings and testings, he is able to help us when we are tested. I'm telling you, we have a high priest forever. The Bible also says in Hebrews chapter 4 that our high priest understands our weaknesses. For he faced all the same testings. Yet he did it without sin. And then it says, so let us come boldly to a throne of our gracious God. That we will receive mercy and we will find grace to help us in the time of need. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you that God was in your skin. If you're lonely, he's been lonely. If you've been afflicted or friends have done you wrong, he's been afflicted and friends have done him wrong. Anything that we go through as people, we have a faithful priest. Even think about temptations. Think about the worst temptations that you go through on a daily basis. Jesus not only understands that temptation, men, he was tempted with the same sins you were tempted with, yet without sin. So he not only can understand what you're going through, Understand those times you don't take the way of escape and take the off-ramp and, and the Holy Spirit makes a way for you to get out of an argument or, or to get out of a sin or something you're getting ready to do. There's many times that we don't take that off-ramp and we still fall into things, but His grace and His mercy is still there for us. But the other thing is He can, everything we've gone through, He's like, oh, I've gone through that. And if you'll follow my guidance and you'll follow my directions, and you'll follow some things in the word that I want to tell you. You can go through that. Guys, I'm telling you, everything that we're facing today, there's direction and there's guidance in God's word to help us through those things. Jesus is our high praise. He represents us in our good days and he represents us in our bad days. 
He represents me in a good day when I'm, when I'm being nice to my wife and I'm getting a lot, of, lot done. And I'm taking time to pet the dog and, and, and do all those good things. I didn't have road rage. I'm reading the Bible and I'm praying. I want someone to the Lord. You know, he's with us in that day. But you know, he's also with us when we yell at the wife and kids. He's also with us when we kick the dog and we have road rage and, and traffic. Because Jesus is a faithful high priest that's with us forever. So that's an immutable, that's an unchangeable thing about God is that he's our high priest forever. The second immutable fact about God's grace is my, my sins are forgiven and my conscience is clear. My sins are forgiven and my conscience is clear. The Bible says that the gifts and sacrifice that the priest offered in the Old Testament are not able to cleanse the conscience. I want you to see that. I don't know if you guys got that one up there, but they're not able to cleanse the conscience of the people. That's Hebrews 9, 9. Hebrews 9, 13 through 15 says, under the old system, the blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of heifers could not cleanse, could cleanse people's body in a ceremonial way from ceremonial impurity. Just think how much more the blood of Christ will purify our conscience. Look at this, from sinful deeds. So that we can worship the living God. For by the power of the eternal spirit, Christ offered himself to God as a perfect sacrifice for our sins. That why he is the one who is the mediates a new covenant between God and the people. So that all who can call, called can receive this eternal inheritance God promised them all. For Christ set down to set them free from this penalty of sin. Okay, what I want to talk about on that. The Old Testament, it just was a ceremony that they went through. They, 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 when they did different things, they had to do different ceremonies to get cleansing. But that cleansing could only meet the ceremonial uh, aspect. It couldn't really do anything to change the person. But the New Covenant offers not only forgiveness, but it offers, offers cleansing. I want you to look at 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive our sins. But look at this. And to cleanse us from all of our wickedness. He can cleanse us. Brothers and sisters, the New Testament purifies our conscience, not only towards God, but with ourselves. How many of you have ever done anything that you regret or that you have shame over? that you wish you wouldn't do and it and things happen through life that triggers emotions it triggers thoughts it triggers memories that you want to forget how many of you have some memories you want to forget anybody out there how many have done some things that you wish you wouldn't have done and and and, and somehow there's this there's this guilt and there's this shame and there's this fear and there's this condemnation that just keeps hitting you and hitting you and hitting you well under the old testament under the old testament with those sacrifices that's why it's a better covenant under the old testament with those sacrifices it can only do the ceremonial cleansing it can only do what needed to be done but it wasn't able to change the heart of the person and the thoughts of the person guys i'm telling you that christ 
can not only forgive you for your sins, he can purge you of things that hurt you afterwards. If you've been betrayed, if you've been betrayed by a friend or betrayed by a spouse, he not only can give you the ability to forgive and maybe you're the one that needs to be forgiven, he can also purge your conscience where you don't sit and live and sabotage your future. You don't live with guilt and sabotage your future. And I think that's something that people don't lay hold of. I think we, 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 we live in a cycle of regret and shame and sadness. And we let things continue to trigger, 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 trigger. When it comes to things of God, the Bible says whatsoever things you desire when you pray. Believe that you receive them and you can have them. That's Mark, that's Mark chapter 11, like verse 24 or something. But here's the deal. You can hear me preach. You can listen to me preach online. You can hear all this stuff. Yeah, Jesus forgives my sins, but he cleanses my conscience too. Yeah, that isn't going to go anywhere unless you choose to believe it. Unless you choose to put God to the test. Is this an immutable fact of grace? Is this, an, is this a promise, a blessing to me and that I can move forward in my life? Is this really something that God can do? Can God really take, if you've been addicted to pornography all your life, can God really erase all those images? Yes, he can. Can God really make it where, where, where you go through life and sights and smells and, and, and things that just, just trigger the past and then your days just messed up the rest of the day? Can God really change that? Amen. Yeah, he can. Whatsoever things you desire in prayer. How many desire that freedom? How many desire a freedom like that? How many desire not to be woken up in the middle of the night with nightmares or, or to, to, to live daily with these thoughts just in your head all the time? If you'll just take God's word to him and take this sermon to him and say, hey, preacher said, you not only forgive me, but you clear my conscience, not only between you and me, God, I'm okay with you. But I'm also okay with myself. I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Spirit saying a lot of you people today are not okay with yourself. And you're not okay that, that you're reliving stuff and reliving stuff and reliving stuff. There's no freedom in that. There's no joy in that. There's no peace in that. And I'm telling you, God can set us free. He can set us free. I think, the, I think the, main, the main thing, I think the main thing, because I read all this stuff in the Bible, but the Bible doesn't work unless you mix it with faith. Amen. Hebrews 4 is very clear on that. Hebrews 4 says, man, I preached the word to everybody. It was a level playing field. Like today, I'm looking out here as I'm preaching the word. And there's probably about 100 people in here, maybe 120. There's probably about 300, 250, 300 watching online today. Okay, I can't see them. But when I look out here, I'm like, hey, I'm laying out the message. I mean, sometimes you, 
it seems like you got to entertain people and try to force people to listen and do stuff to get their attention and all that. But some days you just say, here it is. You either want it or you don't. But I'm telling you, it's a playing level field. If you're not free from the sin, your sins of your past and sins that have been done to you and mistakes that have been made, if you live in that all day, that's not God's best for you. And that's not his fullness for you. And I'm telling you that if you, whatever things you desire, if you desire to be completely free, if you desire your mind to be cleansed, your conscience to be cleansed, if you desire that, whatsoever things you desire, believe that you receive it. Amen. Well, how do you believe you receive it? Just believe that you receive it. God's word said it. He made a promise. He swore. He not even made a promise, but he swore that what I say in my word, I swear on my own name, I'll do it and I can't lie. So I'll do that for you. I'll do that for you. Whatsoever things you desire, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. But that, that Hebrews chapter 4 says, man, the words preached, it's on the same field, level playing field. And it says, the word preached, not mixed with faith, does nothing. But those that mix it with faith, faith activates or it triggers God's word. It like makes it come alive. And then the spirit empowers you to do it. Angels move, things happen. You can know stuff all the time. I, you guys hear this scripture from me all the time about we all know God loves us. But the Bible says that you have known and you believe that God loves you. See, some that battle this, what I'm talking about today, you don't believe God loves you because you don't love yourself. You don't love yourself to begin with. You don't like what you see in the mirror and then you can't possibly think that God loves you. So a lot of people just need to start. I remember it took me two years getting to a place where I believe God loved me. That's why I say this one all the time. It says, I know and I believe that God loves me. He that dwelleth in God and God and he that dwelleth in, uh, that our love is made perfect in that. And then when we dwell in God and God in us, it says that this love is made perfect so that we will be without judgment. We will be able to stand in the day of judgment because as he is, so am I in this world. Brothers and sisters, one thing to know, it's another thing to believe that God loves us. You know, in the book of John, there's like three times, actually there's five times that, that, that this writer says, the apostle whom Jesus loved. The apostle who Jesus loved. It says that all through there. Well, the guy that said the apostle who Jesus loved, the guy he was talking about, John, guess who the writer was? John was writing about himself. And he said, hey, the disciple who Jesus loves, he was talking about himself. That used to kind of hit me weird, but it got where it doesn't hit me weird. John had a revelation of the love of God, and he knew that God loved him. And I'll tell you what, people that get a revelation of God, they're the ones that's there when Jesus needs them. You know, John was the only apostle at the crucifixion of Jesus. All the other apostles were running and denying Jesus, but the apostle whom Jesus loved was the one sitting at the feet of Jesus and was the one Jesus looked down and saw him sitting there 
And he said, hey, John, when I'm gone, take care of mother. He was faithful and he was committed. When you get a revelation of the love of God, it'll give you a commitment and a faithfulness to God. Where you understand his faithfulness, it creates a faithfulness in you. But, but, but immutable facts about God is one, he's our high priest forever. He doesn't change that. He offered a sacrifice that took care of God's anger towards you and it took care of God, it took care of all the sins. He offered it once and he sat down at the right hand of God. That he's a faithful priest forever that represents you and he's been in your skin to where he says, come boldly to me. Hey, why is it that we always run away from God when we need to run to him the most? Why do we do that? We, we all do that. When, 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 we, when we need to run to the Lord, whatever it is, it seems like we're backpedaling and run the other way and we, we go through this, this, this hoop, this circle, this progression, this cycle, and then it all leads us back. It all leads back to, by golly, I need God. And I need to come boldly into his throne of grace. And the reason you can always go boldly to his throne of grace is because he's a high priest that's been through everything that you've been through and he doesn't judge you. He says, come in and let me help you through this. He doesn't judge. He doesn't judge. You know, I think another way um, on getting, well, you know what? I think we're done for today. I think we're done for today. Let's stand to our feet. Lord, today I just prayed and I said, Lord, forget the bells and whistles and all the being perfect and doing everything perfectly. Just get through to a heart. Just get through to a mind today. Just get through to someone today. Thank you, Lord. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that we would see you as a faithful high priest today. And Lord, I pray that we would see you of one that has met all the righteous requirements of God, have paid the penalty for my sin. You did all the commandments. You lived the commandments for me. And that I can come boldly to the throne of grace and say shalom, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you that you are a high priest that doesn't judge me today. If anybody feels judged today, I break that spirit in Jesus' name. You are not someone that judges. Christ came not into the world, the Bible says, to condemn the world. But he came into the world to save the world. And I want you to say, Father, thank you that you are a faithful high priest. Jesus, thank you that you are a faithful high priest. That you're forever a high priest. Thank you that you have forgiven me. That you understand me. That you don't judge me. Thank you that you walked in my shoes. You know, it's kind of fun sometimes just to get alone with the Lord.
just talk to him about what you're going through. And I'll tell you what, you'll find an understanding, sympathetic, loving God. And you can hear him voice his thoughts to you just as easy as I'm talking to you. If you'll just find that place seated with him. Thank you, Jesus. With every head and eyes bowed, how many are trying to move forward with the Lord, but there's so many things that's in your rear view mirror that sights, sounds, places, things just trigger stuff in your thoughts and in your life, and it just sabotages your future. Every head bowed and eyes closed, lift up your hand if that's you today. All over this place, just lift up your hand. I've got done some things. Okay, anybody else? If you're online, lift up your hand. Lots of hands went up today. I want you to put your hand on your heart. I want you to put your hand on your heart. And I want you to say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for being my friend and someone to help me. Thank you for being understandable and understanding me. Lord, I've got all this stuff in my rearview mirror. And I ask you to take it from me. Take the guilt of it. Take the shame of it. Take the remorse. Take the fear. Take the fear. If your mind is full of memories, of arguments, things parents have done to you or classmates did to you when you was in high school man I just get a vision of little children just being yelled at and talked cruel to by their parents and it affects you even to this day that's a conscience that hasn't been cleared by the blood of Jesus Today, in the name of Jesus, I put my hand, Jesus puts his hand on your heart and he says, be healed. Be healed. Be healed of those past pains. Be healed of those past memories. Be healed of those flashbacks. Be healed of that place where you, at the, where you were at the wrong place at the wrong time. Be healed of that right now. Father, where our memories have taken photographic pictures, where our memory is, there's more pictures on our memory than our cell phones. And some of these pictures, we want to delete them. Whatsoever things you desire, believe, and you shall receive it. I, ch I challenge you right now to say, Lord, delete photography in my mind delete photography delete visions delete memories in my mind set me free clear my conscience God clear my conscience God it affects how I live towards my spouse it affects how I live my life out it affects how I treat my kids get me through this Lord don't just forgive my sins but clear my conscience 
Lord, I pray for supernatural healing today. The Bible says that he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon his back. And by his stripes, I'm healed. Every day I say, Lord, I am healed spiritually. I am healed physically. But I am also healed emotionally. Right now, ask the Lord to heal you emotionally. I love counselors. I, love, I believe in counseling. But a counselor can't heal the broken heart. Only God can. I've had visions before where I've seen broken hearts in the hands of Jesus. I want you to hand your heart to Jesus. If it's broken and bleeding, I want you to put your heart in his hands and know that he's healing your broken heart. The Bible says, I am the God of the broken. I am the friend of the weak. The Bible says, I wash the feet of the weary and I embrace people in their need. I am the God of the broken. Thank you, Lord. You heal us. I always pray every day, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. You that lifted your hands, I want you to say, He leads me beside still waters. And then the Bible says, He restores my soul. Say, Lord, thank you for restoring my soul. Thank you for restoring my soul. Healing, Lord. Supernatural healing. Healing, Lord. Healing of wounds. Healing of broken hearts. Lord, the word says that I've been baptized with the Holy Spirit and one of the gifts, one of the nine gifts of the Spirit are the gift, is the gift of healing. Lord, I pull that gift out today. The word says the Holy Spirit distributes this gift as he wills. I'm hearing the Holy Spirit say, Brian, I want to give you the gift of healing. That's my will to heal this congregation. And the Bible says to prophesy according to your faith. That's just an example. So I stretch my hands in faith and I release healing. Lord, your word says that, 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 we, that you've given gifts of healing. Lord, I pray, pray for healing to flow through this room. I pray for healing to flow through this room. I pray that people will go home and they'll say, man, I experienced something supernatural today. I can't explain it. I don't understand it. But something happened to me today. I don't hype it up. I don't work it up. I release your healing, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Whatsoever things you desire, I desire to walk in the fullness of God. I desire to walk in the wholeness of God. I desire to walk in the freedom of God. I desire to walk in the love of God. 
whatsoever things you desire when you pray believe that you receive them Lord I believe I walk in the fullness of God I believe I walk in the wholeness of God I believe I walk in the healing of God I believe and it shall be done for me because God made a promise and because he couldn't swear by anybody greater he swore by himself I said I swear it I'll do it and by these two immutable things the promise and an oath and God can't lie we have sure consolation we have an anchor for our soul today in Jesus name in Jesus name amen I would ask that you just leave this service in a quietness today just a quietness and just basking in the presence of the Lord and going out of here believing that you've been touched and changed by the Lord today Jesus said my peace I leave with you not as this world can give because the world can give it but it takes it back away Jesus said my peace I leave with you right now I speak shalom peace over this congregation that they go in the peace of the Lord and the protection of the Lord and the goodness of the Lord Father I pray that this congregation would rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice that our moderation and the way we conduct our lives and the way we live out our lives it would show the world that we believe the Lord is at hand we believe that the Lord is at hand so we can say this is a day that the Lord has made I will rejoice and be glad in it thank you Lord bless the Lord I want you to say bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me I bless your holy name say it again bless the Lord oh my soul and all that is within me I bless your holy name now you guys go out of here and have an amazing week and come back next week and we're going to learn about the marriage of grace God bless you guys